Good to see you today. We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke. If you'd be finding the 18th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, we'll get to that in a moment. Good to see you today. Good to have guests with us today. And I just want to say again how thankful I am for our church family and for how much we enjoy times that we're at home. And if some of you know, we do travel some, and the Lord opens opportunities to minister in other places, but uh, there's no place like home. And whether it's a Wednesday night service, as this past Wednesday, when my heart was just so uh, encouraged by being here and by the message, or, or when the choir, which did such an excellent job today singing, every service is an encouragement to us. And I doubt if you'll remember this, maybe, but for years before I actually retired from pastoring, I would say to the church, one of these days, um, it'll be the Lord's will for me to step down as pastor, and, and I could hear people saying, it'll never be, it won't be soon enough. But anyway, uh, I would say, one of these days, I look forward to being a faithful church member in our church and serving in our church. And I want to be one of the best encouragers and cheerleaders that our pastor has. And by the grace of God, we've made it to that place. And by the grace of God, I want to continue to do that. We, I love our pastor and his wife. We pray for them at least once every day. We're encouraged by his leadership, by what God's doing in our church. And I just want to say that, and I mean that from my heart. I thank God for it. And uh, I thank you for praying for us, especially when we travel, that God would allow us to be an encouragement and a blessing to others along the way. We need your prayers, and we appreciate that very, very much. Today we're going to look at a subject that should be of interest to all of us, and it's the subject of prayer. I was remembering this morning of a sermon that I heard back in the mid-1970s when my wife and I came to know the Lord. I don't remember the title of the sermon, but I remember the main theme of the sermon, and this was it. You will never in your life see your spiritual life, your spiritual growth, rise above the level of your personal devotion to God and His Word and prayer. And I heard that almost 50 years ago, 47 or so years ago, and I still believe that today. And prayer is at the heart of that. You know, it's one thing to act like we're a certain thing spiritually. It's another thing to really be what we want to look like. And even in this matter of prayer, sometimes we can be less than completely honest. And so I want to look at a passage today and talk about this matter of prayer, which is vitally important. I mean, Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Isn't that a great promise? Ask and you shall receive. He also said, all things whatsoever you ask in my name, believing you shall receive. Jesus said, hitherto have you asked nothing in my name, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Jesus wants us to be able to pray and know that our prayers are being answered. 
So let's look at this passage in Luke 18. And if you're able to stand, please stand with us for the reading of the Word of God. And we know that some are not able to, and that's quite all right. But I want to begin by reading the first verse of Luke 18, where the Bible says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end. This was the purpose, the meaning of this parable, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now, I'm not going to speak on that particular parable, but that was the parable about a widow who had someone that was really mistreating her, and she went to a judge that was not a godly man. This judge did not fear God and did not respect men, but this widow went to him, and the Bible says that even though this judge did not fear God and did not respect her, Because of her persistent asking, he eventually gave her what she wanted. And Jesus taught that as a lesson in prayer. Don't ever quit asking for the thing that God wants you to have. But then that brings us to where I'll give our attention to today, and that's verse 9 of Luke chapter 18. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. He continues his prayer, I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Then Jesus gives us this lesson. I tell you, this man, the publican, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. This man got his prayer answered. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Let's pray. Our Father, as we bow before you today, we give our attention to a subject that's so important. God, we need to know how to pray. We need to know that you hear our prayers. God, help us today to put great value in this wonderful privilege we have to talk to you. And I pray that today you'd work in each of our hearts and help us to learn lessons from your word. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. There's several things about this passage of Scripture that I think are very helpful. And we're going to look at these two prayers together. When I say the two prayers, I mean the two prayers, the words they said. We're going to look at these prayers, but we're going to look at these two prayers together. The two men that were praying. Because there's great contrast between these men. But the thing I want to begin with, before we get into some characteristics of these prayers is the simple matter that this prayer was answered. That's an important thing to think about. Because all prayers are not answered. 
And one of the things that people going through life may struggle with was the thing that they was praying for did not happen. Or it didn't happen when they thought it ought to happen. And the good thing about this publican was his prayer was answered. It was immediately answered. But the Pharisee's prayer was not answered. And I just th let's think about this as we go through this lesson today. Have you ever wondered if your prayers are being answered? Have you ever prayed and thought about that? I have many times. Is God answering this prayer? Is God going to answer this prayer? Even did God hear this prayer? You know, the psalmist prayed this in Psalm 17, Attend unto my cry, give ear to my prayer. You know, if a person was praying, and the real purpose of their praying was just a formality, it wouldn't really matter much if God heard them or not. But if a person is in a desperate strait, and they're praying for a need that's great, they need to know that God is hearing their prayer. And the psalmist was there. He says, give ear to my prayer. You know, Buddhists pray. Muslims pray. Hindus pray. People habitually pray repeated prayers. Some people pray to statutes, but we know today that it's, they're not, all those prayers are not the same. Surely we understand that. But it's not the act of prayer that's most significant. It's if God is hearing our prayer. If we're actually communicating with God. You know, we've been studying about the first king of Israel in Sunday school, and Saul, at one point in 1 Samuel, he asked counsel of the Lord. That's a good thing for a king to do, right? He asked counsel of the Lord, but the Bible says, but he answered him not. The Lord didn't answer his prayer. The Lord didn't hear his prayer. We want God to hear our prayers, and we want God to answer our prayers according to his will. So that begs the question, why are some prayers not answered? And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but it's worth at least mentioning. Uh, hold your finger right here, if you would, in Luke, at, uh, Luke 18, and go with me to the book of Proverbs. And, and I just want to look at one of many verses we could look at about this subject. But Proverbs chapter 28, Proverbs chapter 28 we're wondering, why are some prayers not answered? In Proverbs 28 and verse 9 it says, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. Now that is an amazing proverb, isn't it? This great book of wisdom. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law. Someone who turns a deaf ear to God's will or God's word or God's truth. His prayer shall be an abomination. I'm wondering, why are our prayers sometimes not answered? Well, I'm putting myself in that place and I'm thinking, you know, if I was going through life and God made it clear to me He wanted me to do something, something from His word that he, I understood was His will, or maybe He wanted me not to do something that I knew was against His will. The Bible says if that were the case, I should not expect God to hear my prayers. 
You know, some people pray just like God is just automatically obligated to whatever, always to give us His attention, always to answer our prayers, but that's not necessarily so. Pastor Weiss has been teaching and preaching on the home and family, and he mentioned this recently in a message where Peter was telling husbands to dwell with your wives according to knowledge, giving them honor, the the husband's responsibility. And then he says that your prayers be not hindered. You know, if we're, if we're not respecting people in our family, if we're not treating them in a Christ-like way, God says, don't, don't expect me to answer your prayers. Now this may be a hard thing for some people to wrap their mind around, but we want God to hear and answer our prayers. But God is not obligated to hear and our, to answer our prayers just because we offer them up. In the book of James, James wrote, you ask and receive not. You, here's the reason. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. You're just asking for things because it's what you want. You say, man, this seems kind of like God expects certain things if He's going to answer our prayers. And I would answer to that question. He certainly does. On the positive side, John wrote, and this is the confidence we have in Him, that if we ask anything, if we ask anything according to His will, we can know that He hears us, and if we know that He hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. We want God to hear and answer our prayers. The prayer of this publican, and for some of you who may not know, a publican was a despised trade. It was a despised craft. The publicans were tax collectors. Unlike today, we all have the greatest respect for the IRS and tax collectors, and, and we're just looking forward to April 15th, right? In those days, the tax collectors were very corrupt and greedy, and they would take advantage of people to pad their own pockets and things of that nature. So this was a despised publican but God answered his prayer. Now because of this simple fact, because that we know this prayer was answered, I want us to look at this prayer and these prayers and learn some things from them. And so I just want to just highlight today in Luke 18 what I would call some characteristics of the sinner's prayer. I call this sermon the sinner's prayer. You know, in, in our language, and people always say, have you prayed the sinner's prayer? This is the sinner's prayer right here. And it was a long prayer, very eloquent prayer. God be merciful to me, a sinner. Seven simple words. God be merciful to me, a sinner. But it was a prayer that was answered. And why was it answered? And I want to give you a few thoughts about that. The first one is this. It was a prayer of humility. It was a prayer of humility. He felt unworthy. If you look at this passage in Luke chapter 18, it tells us in verse 13, he smote upon his breast. He, he was standing afar off. He wouldn't lift up his eyes unto heaven. This was a very humble man. He wouldn't even look up. He was so ashamed. He was so ashamed... He wouldn't even look up. I was reading the other day in the book of Ezra that a prayer of Ezra is recorded, and this is part of that prayer. I am ashamed and blushed 
to lift up my face to Thee, my God. I'm so ashamed of where I am. I can't even lift up my face. Well, we, this stands in great contrast to the Pharisees' prayer. Let's look at the Pharisees' prayer again in verse 11 and 12. And I'm going to read through these verses, 11 and 12. And I want you to notice the times the Pharisee referred to himself, the personal pronoun I. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Five different times he uses this. He was prayer. You know what his prayer was really about? It was about him. His prayer was about him. As a matter of fact, when he's talking about this man's prayer in verse 11, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. His prayer was just about him. He was not a humble person. You know, look at when Jesus is summarizing the, the primary message of this parable, look what he says in verse 14. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. You know, God resists the proud, right? But gives grace unto the humble. One of the things that stands out about this man's prayer was he was a very humble person. And his prayer was a prayer of humility. Psalm 138 gives us a lot of insight about who God listens to and takes heed to. It says this, Though the Lord be high, high, exalted. Though the Lord be high, yet he hath he respect unto the lowly. But the proud he knoweth afar off. You think, you think God ever keeps his distance from people? I would say yes. And who would that be? People who are proud. People who are full of themselves. People who only think of themselves. Another verse in Isaiah says, to this man will I look. God says this, to this man will I look, even to him that is of a poor and contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. We want our prayers to be answered. We want God to hear our prayers. And what was it about this man's prayer that God took heed to? Why did he do it? I think part, part of it is because he was, he was a humble man. It was a prayer of humility. There's a second thing here that I want to mention, though, and it's not just that it was a prayer of humility. It was a prayer of sincerity. Now, you say, aren't those the same thing? Not really. This man was, was sincere as opposed to the Pharisee. The Pharisee was just the opposite. Most of the people who are familiar with the Bible, the New Testament, know that Pharisees were hypocrites. You say, how do you know they were hypocrites? Because Jesus said they were hypocrites. This is such an important attribute when it comes to prayer. What is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is an actor. A hypocrite is acting like they're one thing when in reality there's something else. That's a hypocrite. And Pharisees were notorious for being hypocrites. Matter of fact, 
they exalted themselves, and we see it in this text, but we see it in other places in the Bible, they would exalt themselves while looking down at others. They would build themselves up but criticize others. They were known for this. They were known for focusing, Matthew 7 teaches this, they were known for focusing on the sins of others but excusing their own sins. Now I have to say this. I've been guilty of the same thing. I've been, and I, I believe there's some hypocrisy in every one of us. That is, acting like we're one thing when in reality we know we're not exactly that. Or lifting ourselves up while putting other people down. Or focusing more on the sins of other people than we do our own sins. That's hypocrisy. Now you say, what does this have to do with the message? It has everything to do with the message because this Pharisee was a hypocrite, but this publican was not. Pharisees were self-righteous. When you read this Pharisee's prayer, there is no hint, no hint of grief or sorrow or concern about the spiritual place he's in. It's totally absent. He was a hypocrite. And I believe a lack of sincerity in my own life at times hinders my prayer life, hinders me from having audience with God. You ask her the question in your own mind, if a person prays and they're not sincere, should they expect that prayer to be answered? And I would answer no. You contrast this with the publican. Now the publican's prayer is not that long. Like I said, seven words. But look at it in verse 13, the last part of verse. God be merciful to me, a sinner. Now what is this publican? If all we know about this publican is this prayer, and that's all we know about him, if all we know about this publican is this prayer, what do we know about him? He's only concerned about one thing, and that's his sin. He's not concerned about everybody else and what they're doing or what they're saying or what they're wearing or how they're acting. He's only concerned with one thing. And he was so ashamed he wouldn't even lift up his head. I think this is a sincere man. He was not doing this for show. He was out of contrition of soul as an outward expression of inward uh, sorrow and grief, he smote himself on the breast. He has anxiety of soul and cries out to God for mercy. So here we have the Pharisees who are very distracted because they're noticing what everybody else is doing and oblivious to what's going on in their own life. And then you have this desperate man who is simple and focused. He's not being in, he's being totally sincere. He, he's not distracted by anything or anyone. He's, he's a guilty sinner. He feels undeserving. He feels like he has no right really to ask God or expect God to answer him. I was reading recently, we were reading through the Bible again this year and reading through the Psalms, that 51st Psalm where David was praying and he said this, A broken and contrite heart, O God, Thou wilt not despise. 
when I look at these two prayers, I see the Pharisees' prayer as maybe reaching the ears of the listeners around him, maybe reaching the ceiling of the temple. But I see this publican's prayer going all the way into the presence of God and getting God's attention and getting God to answer. You see, the Pharisees were content with looking or sounding right. And sometimes I'm certain I know about the person that I know the best, and that's me, that sometimes we're more content or or sometimes somewhat content as long as we look and sound okay when in really that's not who we are or what we are. Two men, both of them went to the same place, both of them went to the temple. Two men who did the same thing, both of them prayed, but they had different desires, they had different results, and they really had different destinies. And it wasn't because the eloquence of the sinner's prayer, it was because of the sincerity of his prayer. And I'm going to move on, but I just want to say this because I really believe it's true sometimes. In houses of worship, wherever they might be, there are probably both these kinds of prayers in the congregation. Those who are humble and sincere and just want audience with God. And those who are content as long as everybody thinks they're okay. But I want to tell you, that's not really what God has for us. God has something far better for us. What was it that got his prayers answered? Number one, he was humble. Number two, he was sincere. Thirdly, though, it was a prayer of repentance. Again, the Pharisee saw himself as righteous. He said in verse uh, 11, if you still have your Bible open there, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. I mean, he, there's no repentance there. There's no real, listen, there is no real concern, no, no burden about where he is spiritually, no transparency about his own spiritual need. He didn't, he didn't care. In his mind, he was okay. He was better than others. And really, probably, you could say this. Well, Jesus said this. He was blinded. The Pharisees were blind and they were hypocritical. I wonder how many times that describes us. You know, you say, well, a Christian couldn't be that way. A church couldn't be that way. But I remind you, and I'm not going to turn to it, but Jesus said this very direct, precise language to a church in the city of Laodicea. He says, you're rich and increased with goods. Here, listen, here, this is what they thought, and have need of nothing. I wonder how many times people come to church and they say, I'm okay. I don't really need anything, you know. I want to be here. I want to worship. I want to fellowship. But I don't really. But I'm telling you, there ought to be, an, if we want God to hear our prayer, there ought to be a sense of urgency, a sense of desperation, a sincere, and repentance where there needs to be repentance. How did the Republican, uh, Republican, how did the publican see himself? I wish a lot of Republicans would see themselves this way. How did he see himself? He saw it very simple. 
He saw himself as an undeserving sinner. As an undeserving You know, I'm so thankful for the promise of heaven, aren't you? I'm thankful for forgiveness. I'm thankful that God loves us. But many times, even when I'm singing songs about God's redemption, I feel, why would God save me? Why would God love me? Why would God let me into His heaven? We were singing Wednesday night, and redeemed by His side I will stand, and I'm thinking there, God, why do I deserve to ever stand in Your presence? As Christians, we get, we, unfortunately, sometimes we just get over the fact that we don't deserve anything. It's all the grace of God. It was a prayer of repentance that this publican had. He was conscious and burdened about his sin. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, I see in this prayer, in these prayers, lessons for all of us. I have to be honest with you and say, much of it I see as lessons for those of us who are saved and the way we pray and why we don't get our prayers answered and how flippant we can be about prayer. But it's also a great hope for those who are not saved. And if you're here today and you don't know the Lord, what a lesson to realize today that salvation is not given to those who deserve it. Salvation has nothing to do with us jumping through hoops or keeping God's commandments or promises or promising we'll do better and turning over a new leaf. None of that. Salvation is found in the grace and mercy of God. And the, and the person who's farthest away from God, lost and undone, lost in their sin, if they recognize that they don't deserve it, but Jesus died for them and shed His blood for them and through Him we can have forgiveness, the moment that person in sincerity and humility and truth, ask Him to save them, He will hear that prayer. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. By the way, when the man prayed that prayer, Jesus said He went away justified. You know what that means? Instantly. Instantly. His sins are forgiven. Instantly He's made right with God. Instantly He's on a new path and will one day spend He forever in heaven because He, in humility... Ask the Lord to save him. So if you're here today and you don't know the Lord, you're not sure you're saved, this church nor any church can give you salvation. Getting baptized cannot wash away your sins. But if you'll cry out to the Lord in sincerity and humility and repentance and say, God, I don't deserve it, but I ask you to forgive me. I'm telling you on the authority of God's Word, God will hear your prayer and forgive your sins. And answer your prayer. Isn't that a wonderful promise from God? It's God's Word. But I think it's applicable not just to lost people. It's applicable to all people. You know, the Bible says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. David tried to cover his sins. Saul tried to cover his sins. He that covereth sins shall not prosper. Whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall find mercy. You know, both of these men, both of these prayers thought they were not like other men. The Pharisee thought he was not like other men. He was better than them. The publican thought he was not like other men. 
He was worse than them. It was a prayer of repentance. And the last thing I want to say about this, not only was it a prayer of humility and a prayer of sincerity and a prayer of repentance, but thirdly, it was a prayer of faith. When Jesus began this teaching, if you look in verse 9, it says, And He spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous. This was a prayer of faith. This, this publican's prayer. And it, it it's, strikes at, my, at us today to think about this. What are we trusting in today? What are you trusting in for your salvation? Are you trusting in your good works or your good deeds? Are you trusting in your background or your... The, maybe, you know, you've heard people say, well, I, pray, I did that one time. I prayed that prayer. Salvation is not in a prayer. Salvation is in a person. In Jesus Christ. And our faith is in the mercy and the grace of God. God be merciful to me, a sinner. We're not forgiven because we deserve it. And you may be sitting here today as an unbeliever, never trusted Christ. You're not, you're not forgiven because of your goodness. You're forgiven because of His mercy. Or you may be sitting here today as a Christian who's kind of gotten all off track and you really know your life is not what it ought to be. You can't do enough stuff. You can't make enough right turns to make that the mistakes go away. Our, our hope and our trust is in the mercy of God. And God is merciful. So yet these two prayers, by the way, there's nothing wrong with praying a long time, but that's not what gets your prayers answered. What matters most is the condition of our heart. I think about these seven words, a seven-word prayer. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. In that prayer you have God, you have sin, you have guilt, you have mercy, you have forgiveness. In seven simple words. As we look at ourselves today, There are a lot of things we could do and say about learning to pray more biblical, learning to pray more uh, intelligently, we could say. But I think at the heart of prayer, we have to think, first of all, about the condition, our attitude, the condition of our heart. And maybe you've never been here, and I would hope that that were true, I guess. But many of us, sometimes, we put a... Put, I'm going, to, I'm going to take my life and I'm going to put them right down here and I'm going to put them side by side with these two prayers. Which one of these prayers best describes my life, my prayer? And it's not always like the publicans. Sometimes it's kind of like the Pharisees. Sometimes there's a bit of hypocrisy, lack of sincerity, lack of humility, lack of repentance more concerned with what other people think than God does. You know, I was, um, several years ago, I'll end with this, several years ago, a, a good friend of mine that's in the ministry called me, contacted me, and told me that one of his children, who was an adult, one of his children had kind of gone haywire out in the world. 
And, and I know this family. I know this child that made these bad mistakes. I know them well. Been in their home. Been in my home. It broke my heart. That was several years ago. Maybe a year and a half ago or so, I heard from the, this preacher friend, and he said, looks like things are getting better, but they didn't. But within the last week or so, he got back with me. And he said that his child had come home broken, weeping, begging for forgiveness, acknowledging how wrong he had been. And then he got before the whole church and just confessed how unworthy he was, how wrong he had been, begged for forgiveness, begged to be restored. And I say all that to say this. You know, sometimes when people have gotten off track or made some missteps, they're trying to look at some way to get right without losing face. You don't get right saving face. You get right getting right. And I'm not saying that to prompt anybody to make any public confession. I'm just saying this. We have to take our prayers seriously. I need to know that when I pray, God hears my prayers. That God will answer my prayers. That I have audience with God. It's not enough just to pray so people think we're okay. We need God in our lives. God be merciful to me, a sinner.